Sam Bad, Justin Rehammer, Nathan Romanoff. Today's topics include the NBA offseason, players moving, re-signing, and the like. We'll break it down for you as the offseason is underway. The NFL offseason is still among us, and we're getting started for the season. Which teams could rise? Which teams could fall in the standings? Playoff aspirations on the way. And some NHL at the end might get to some off-season moves and a new Stanley Cup champion. Now, here's Sam. That's Sam, the NBA. What's going on so far in the off-season? Jake, it's been a while since we talked about the NBA. Uh, a lot's kind of happened in the past uh, couple of months here or so. Um, but we're going to get started. We're going to look into some teams. A lot of teams have been making moves. Uh, re-signing players. Uh, recently, we had a big, a big um, signing or re-signing, I guess, a little competition between two teams. But we'll get to that here. Um, we got. I'm going to start off with the Atlanta Hawks first. The Atlanta Hawks had an interesting uh, offseason here. They acquired Dejounte Murray from the Spurs, uh, along with uh, John Landale. I don't know who that is, but we're. But hey, good for him being a part of this trade. But they got DeJounte Murray and uh, Jock Landale for uh, Danilo Gallinari and four first-round picks. Now, DeJounte Murray's a really good player. He had a really nice season with the Spurs, uh, averaging around 21 points, uh, 8.3 rebounds, and 9.2 assists. Averaging near a triple-double there. I know. Right there. It, I, I mean, oh, when I was looking at his stats, I was like, man, he, he blew up this season. And it was kind of um, it was kind of building up. We saw him, uh, at least I saw him, starting to become like a more involved player, starting to come into the uh, starting rotation there. He really popped off this year for the Spurs. And, I mean, with the Hawks along with Trey Young, that's going to be a really good uh, pairing between the two. Now, hold on, hold on, Sam. I, I know you say great pairing. I think they're both going to, you know, do a lot. I think this team is, uh, they're going for it. They're going for the, you know, going for the playoffs. They're trying to position themselves higher than possibly a play-in tournament. But, I mean, we've seen some experiments of a two-guard lineup, two very talented all-star guards. <coughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn, um, where two very talented guards but they've you know struggled to be able to get all of the you know passing and 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 the scoring and and the talent is you know who's going to be handling the ball all the time I think that that's definitely a question that should be gauged but I think this is a great move for the Hawks getting another really star right now in DeJounte Murray pairing with uh Trey Young I definitely agree with that and I mean the Hawks already had a a pretty good team so far and I mean they made to the play they made to the playoffs unfortunately losing but with DeJounte Murray coming they kind of had a log jam in their rotation they had a lot of guys at that point guard shooting guard role and unfortunately someone had to go and that person was Kevin Herter they traded um Kevin Herter to the Kings uh for a first round pick Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless now really Justin Holiday and Mo, Mo Harkless again are just two guys like that we've heard of but may not really make that big of an impact for that team. It's kind of like that first-round pick that they were looking for. But Kevin Herter um, was definitely kind of the person to go. He 
played fair, he played really well uh, this year, averaging 12 points, shot 40, 45% from the field, it had a 38% uh, three-point percentage, but he was kind of the guy to go. Now, they could have had the option of trading a, Bod- a Bodon Bogdanovich, but uh, unfortunately, he didn't really have as much capital as Kevin Herter did. So he, Kevin Herter was kind of that guy who you didn't really want to trade, but he was... He's the he was kind of the scapegoat here. He's the one that kind of had to go. Unfortunately, Dejounte Murray's going to have replace him in that spot, and I think he's going to do really well there for that Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, if we move on to another team here that we have, uh, if we move to the front, we're going to go to a little bit more recent news right now. We have the Phoenix Suns here. They made a really big signing and re, well re-signing and DeAndre Ayton, uh, who was a restricted free agent. He was offered a four-year, $133 million max deal by the Pacers. Now, um, the Suns had 48 hours to respond, and they did. They matched that deal for him, and DeAndre Ayton's going to be returning to the Suns. Now, DeAndre Ayton averaging 17 points, 10 rebounds, uh, shot 63% from the field. A lot of people are kind of on the fence about this deal. A lot of people think that he was worth a lot of money. A lot of people kind of think like maybe in the long term it'll be good. I think that in the long term it's going to be a good deal. Now, I'm not saying that DeAndre Aiden will stay with the Phoenix Suns for his entire stay of this contract, but he could definitely become a trade piece. Uh, If he's not performing to the Suns' expectations, you could trade him to somewhere, get maybe a couple picks or maybe some other players just kind of fill that role. But I think for the long-term deal, I think this is really good for the Suns. He had a really good season with them. They made a deep playoff run, but losing in the conference uh, semifinals to the Dallas Mavericks in a 4-3 to series. I think it was good. I think that this was a good signing for them. He's he's improving his game a lot. He was shooting the three ball really well, adding that to his game, and also is really dominant in that paint in the paint as well. Yeah, it's Sam. I I think you you bring up a good point as a possible trade trade piece option for for them. But I I think he I think he stays at least for now. I think they're waiting for him to take that next step that next step alongside of Booker and Paul. And you saw the kind of faltering in the playoffs where there were games where they needed him to come up big, and he didn't against the Dallas Mavs team where you look at their big man play, uh, big man play, and he needed to step up with the caliber that he has shown during the regular season. I, I, I was kind of surprised that they, you know, of course I thought they were going to maybe match because that's a huge hole to, to lose. Of course the Pacers giving them that big offer, but yeah, wouldn't also be surprised if one, he would be in a possible move for another guy we, we might get to here, or, or may not, Kevin Durant, I think that's the big, big name if they possibly, he's probably the first guy to go due to his, you know, lack of, as, as mentioned, plays in the big game, but yeah, I, I think it was smart for them to keep him and hope that, you know, he finally can get to that, okay, duo-trio pairing where he's a guy that you can rely upon when aging Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who has shown not every night he is going to be that 20, 30-plus-per-game scorer. Yeah, and that's why it's kind of on the fence for the Suns here. I think, like I said, I still think it's a good deal. Obviously, you have Chris Paul, like Chris Paul, um... Devin Booker in there. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Donovan Mitchell are kind of circulating through 
teams or teams are willing to trade them or or teams are willing to sign them as in like with Kevin Durant. So it's kind of, it's all up in the air right now. But I think in the end, um, there are many options with DeAndre Ayton, and I don't think the Suns could really afford to have lost them at this point. But just to be clear though, Sam, they can't trade him because they have a no trade clause for the first year of that four-year contract. Oh, is that right? So they can't trade him this summer for Durant. That's out. Ah, so that, that, yeah, that really impacts things, at least yeah. on their sweepstakes At least right now. for Durant right now, it's ruled out. But I will agree with you on this. They, couldn't allure, they could not have afforded to lose Aiton for nothing. He was their first overall pick a few years ago. So I, they really didn't have any other choice but to match a four-year, $133 million offer from the Pacers. Whether it's too much for him at this point in his career, that's debatable, as you guys have already discussed. But a good move, I guess, for the Suns. Just basically takes him out of Durant sweepstakes for this summer, in my in my eyes. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that inf- that information, Nate. That's a uh, coming in clutch there. I appreciate that. Game changer, game changer, Nate. Add it again, add it again. Never a doubt, never a doubt. Yeah. Uh, if we move on to the Celtics here, uh, the Celtics made some pretty good moves, uh, signing Danilo Gallinari. Um, a guy who's kind of been like a journeyman in the NBA, has been on a lot of teams, uh, was recently with the Atlanta Hawks, but was traded to the Spurs, which will, but was traded to the Spurs there, uh, but the Spurs kind of let him go for no reason, kind of, and was picked up by the Celtics here. Danilo Gallinari is a guy who's kind of, he's very reliable, doesn't really put up too many points, but we'll give you, a, like this season, he gave uh, the Hawks a solid 11 points. Uh, 4.7 rebounds, uh, 43% from the field. He's kind of just one of those solid guys who can come off the bench and just kind of perform, put out, put out some decent points, and kind of help your team move along in the game there. And they also got Malcolm Brogdon, too. They got Brogdon in a, tr- in a five-player trade, and along with a 2023 uh, first-round pick. They sent those away, got Brogdon from the Pacers there. Brogdon's a guy who's really good who's been really good uh for when he's played for the bucks and when he's played for the pacers uh he might start behind marcus smart there might be a little bit of contention there between who can start marcus smart and malcolm brogdon malcolm brogdon is really good at the defensive part of the game he's also able to score get um kind of with that mid-range inside game not so much the three but he's still able to kind of bring it to the basket he had 19 points uh five rebounds uh 5.9 assists and shot 44% uh, field goal percentage. So I think that was definitely a, a good pickup. Again, uh, Marcus Smart, who's been kind of like one of those dog players, who's really defensive, really gritty, puts up a fight. But it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that goes with Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart. Yeah, you, you mentioned you mentioned Brogdon, who's, who's really been hampered with, with injuries recently, not being able to, to stay on the court. But when he has, he's shown that he's a very dynamic playmaker and give you 20-plus points at night. I think that he'll definitely probably have to take a step back on the Celtics, whereas Pacers, he was one of their main scorers. Bucks, of course, that was when Giannis was still coming into his own, when he was still there and was still kind of a primary scorer, whereas the Celtics, he is more of a secondary, tertiary scorer, a guy that maybe they can rely on for 15 just because of all the guys that they're going to be getting the ball. And, and Gallinari, a guy that they that fits this Celtics build here uh, when you got have guys like Tatum, Brown, uh, a guy that similarly to Horford, similar, uh, that can stretch the floor, provide that. 
And, you know, is not a slouch defensively. You know, he's not going to be Horford or Rob Williams, um, but he's still going to provide that that length and uh, on the defensive end can guard three through five. But, but I think right now, looking at the Celtics, they have the best depth in the NBA. I'm going to make that statement right now. You look at it, it's ten man rotation right now. I'd, I'd put them against anyone in the league. Of course, they made it to the finals, fell to the Warriors. You look at the star talent. I think that was the difference. Bench, you could say, pretty comparable. And now the Celtics got better. Uh, I, I think best depth depth in the NBA, and these are these are two phenomenal pickups for that. Yeah, especially since the Warriors lost a uh, Gary Payton there to the Trailblazers because they had to either take Kevon Looney or Gary Payton. They chose Kevon Looney. They Celtics definitely had depth, and Gallinari kind of takes over that role that Daniel Tice had, who Daniel Tice was traded for for Malcolm Brogdon. But he Gallinari is going to fill that role perfectly uh, for that team, as and Brogdon obviously was a good pickup as well. Uh, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves now have the Twin Towers in Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Uh, they signed Carl Anthony Towns for, I believe, $244 million over a four-year deal? I believe deal. so, yeah. It was Something the like same that. as Devin Booker. Both were, I think, four-year, $244 million, something like that. But it was the same money amount. Yes, and uh, they got Rudy Gobert in a tr- in a five player trade that involved uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. All of those three guys, at least, contributed decent roles for that Timberwolves team. So they kind of gave up a lot. I don't really like Pat Bev, though. Uh, I think all you guys know that. Wow, I hate wow. Pat Bev. Don't like Pat Bev. No, I don't like. Pat you don't Bev. like his I energy. Pat Bev causes on, a lot of problems. My man was celebrating like he won the championship last year after the play-in, yo. Just, plays with a lot just, of passion. Sam. He does. Plays with a lot does. of passion. Yeah, you gotta a, lot respect. Of, a lot of passion that gets him ejected most of the time. But other than that, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley were key players for this uh, Timberwolves team. But Carl Anthony Towns and then securing Rudy Gobert is, a, I think, it's a fairly decent deal. Carl Anthony Towns, 24.6 points, 9.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists, shot around 52% for the field. Gobert, obviously. He's not going to stretch the floor too much, but he's going to get in the paint. Uh, 15.6 rebound, uh, points, excuse me, 14.7 rebounds, and uh, 71% from the field. So you're definitely going to have your uh, paint guy with Rudy Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns has been able to stretch the floor a lot. Uh, those two guys are going to keep the Timberwolves afloat at least. I don't know if that's enough to push them into a playoff role, but... Now, hold on, hold on a second, Sam. Before you're talking about playoffs, you failed to mention one key part of the trade, the draft picks involved. You talk about the players, but also talk about the draft picks going to Utah. They like, what is it, five or six draft picks, I think it is, including Walker Kessler, this year's draft pick for Minnesota, all going to the Jazz, and the implication that has for other guys that we previously mentioned that could be traded and moved. You talk about the draft picks and those solid role players. As much as you might not like Pat Bev, he's a guy that can give you 10-plus, give you assist and hard defense. Malik Beasley, a guy who's a streaky shooter off the bench. I mean, these are solid role players along with the draft picks. For Rudy Gobert, who is a good player, he is a very good player, very good defensively as a big man, 
Can can he play the, that perimeter defense in this changing three point game remains to be seen. But he is, you know, he's he's going to be an impact guy for this Timberwolves team. But that's a haul that you give for like a Kevin Durant or a Donovan Mitchell or a LeBron James type. Like this kind of changes the the trade landscape as many people. And as you look at maybe the Nets, how they're changing it. So it, it's it remains to be seen. You know, Timberwolves, I think, as you mentioned, put themselves in a good spot to get a top seed in the West. Really determines on Ant Edwards, Cat mixing with Gobert, but that's a lot for Gobert, Sam. You definitely sacrifice your future with Gobert if you're giving up that much. If you're giving up that much for him, I'm not saying. Hmm, I want to use my words carefully here uh, when I'm talking, <laughs> but for. Uh, I don't want to say Rudy Gobert is a franchise player, but for a guy who's a star, who is has been labeled as a star in the NBA, that's still a lot to give up. You definitely sacrifice your future. No, that's not anything to be taken lightly. Like you said, it is to be seen whether Rudy Gobert can kind of provide the things that the Timberwolves need, but no matter here, they do have the Twin Towers. Those, those, two, guy, those two guys, whether Cat can get in the paint too and spread the floor as well, and Rudy Gobert really taking in the inside of the of the basket there, and the inside of the paint. It, it's gonna have to be seen whether they can work together. Whether they can work together. I mean, obviously, you still have Anthony Edwards. Uh, his talent is definitely He's not decreased at all. He is the real the Anthony Edwards is is has looked like the real deal so far, and has paid off for the Timberwolves. But again, a lot of question, a couple question marks with this team. Whether they can come to a playoff spot, that's whether that that's remained to be seen. And it will be seen in this next uh, season coming up. Two other quick things I would like to talk about. We have the Knicks, uh, who signed Jalen Brunson to a, a pretty sizable deal, Jake. I uh, I forget exactly what And it, it might have been under the table, Sam. There might have been some allegations. Maybe not happened in the time, if you know what I'm saying. There have been yeah. some accusations that could have been happening early. Some tampering involved. Nonetheless, nonetheless, Jalen Brunson has definitely performed well. He performed well when he was alongside Doncic with the Mavericks. He had a really hot playoff run with them and was definitely very valuable during that Mavericks Suns series that we talked about earlier. Over the season, he had 16 points, uh, 3.9 rebounds, 4.8 assists. He shot 50% from the field, uh, 37% from the three. I, that definitely helps out with this Knicks team, who's kind of looking to, again, who we're seeing trying to push, push to the playoffs, push to the playoffs. Uh, we've seen R.J. Barrett kind of perform a little bit better. You have uh, Mitchell Robinson still there in that center spot. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, they, they made the playoffs two years ago for C. I mean, it was, it was looking up for the Knicks' disappointing season. Is this the kind of move I feel like maybe – could go out, of course, there have been rumors them with Donovan Mitchell as well, but I think this is a fantastic start because what do the Knicks need? I, I think they need a true starting point guard that can provide them, you know, great, great minutes um, like Brunson has shown he has with the pick and roll, with the three-pointer, getting to the line, an aggressive 
aggressive scorer that can take pressure off of Barrett, let take Barrett maybe off the ball, even though he thrived on the ball last year, can give him more opportunities off the ball as a secondary scorer, and maybe this is the Wisser could bring life to Julius Randle, who really seemed to fall off in terms of, you know, two years ago to last year. Maybe this can provide more more boost to him, having another guy that can get a bucket, more pick and pop, more pick and rolls with him. So I think it's a great move for the Knicks and hopefully the start for them to get better. I definitely agree with you. I like the signing. Uh, whether they're whether the accusations are true or not, uh, pushing you know, that pushing that to the side for now yeah. until uh, anything is revealed, I still think it's a great signing for the Knicks. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, I know a lot's happened in the offseason, but this is the last big thing I would like to talk about. The 76ers are going to keep James Harden here, keeping him uh, in there. It's looking like he's going to get a hefty sum of money, as he should. He performed really well. He's a good player, star player. Uh, they also signed P.J. Tucker, uh, another guy who is kind of like that grit and, gr- grit and grind, kind of like uh, Marcus Smart. He might not give you a bunch of points, but he's going to get some boards, and he's going to help you on defense, and he's going he's gonna to play tough ball for you. Harden uh, this past season, 22 points, 7.7 rebounds, 10.3 assists, 41% from the field, and 33% uh, on the three-point shooting. You have Tucker, 7.6 points, 5.5 rebounds, 2.1 assists, 48 from the field for his percentage. So I think I feel I feel uh, before we deceive the viewer, Harden has not technically signed a deal yet. There have been rumors. That rumors, yeah. I, don't, I didn't want to. Yes. I I yes. could have worded so, that so a little not, better. Yes. I didn't want to say yes. he did sign, no, but it no. looked like he was yeah. going to sign. Yeah, yeah, but yes, if if all all signs point, he, he is going to sign at some point. If he takes a pay cut, that's phenomenal. But yeah, Tucker. I mean, you know, of course, if you if he beats you and plays phenomenal, you try and sign him, and that's exactly what the Sixers tried to do. I mean, Tucker was a, a pest on the Heat in the playoff series, and to be able to bring a guy in like that who's, he, he, he is, like you said, Sam, to describe him perfectly, a, a dog, a guy who's, he's not going to score the point, you know, he's a corner three-point shooter on offense, but man, that defense, that pesky defense in the passing lanes, I think his mentality is really good for the team and can rub off on, on the rest of the players in terms of that mentality taking over, and Another guy to mention, DeAnthony Melton, who I think could could make an impact for for this team off the bench. The bench has been bad, to say the least, in previous years, and a guy that can lead the bench and had a great year with the Grizzlies can make a big impact for this team. Thanks, Sam, for the inside. Definitely going to monitor these moves moving forward, not only for this offseason, but also into the NBA season, which starts back up in October? October, yes. Justin, NFL, another season that's right around the corner, coming up in the fall closer than many of us would probably think. The NFL season is is coming back. Fantasy football season is right around the corner, for gosh sakes. Justin, some teams are on the rise. What what, what do you got for us? Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, like you said, the season is just two months away about, and, you know, there's still not much going on in terms of like off-season moves so we're going to talk about teams that 
didn't do so great last season, but are going to take that next jump this season. Even if they did all right this season, they're going to make that jump and be even better. So let's just get right into it, and let's talk about some teams that I think are going to, and maybe that you guys think are going to take the next jump. And I want to start off the conversation with a team that we're all very familiar with, uh, Nate, especially the Denver Broncos. Last season, didn't have a great season. They were 7-10, and 10, their record. But they made some very notable additions, as the one I'm just going to say right out the bat. It's Russell Wilson. I mean, say no more, right? They're going to be a great team this season just because of that. But yeah, I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on it. I think that they're going to be one of those teams that is going to take that next jump and be a 9, 10, 11 win team next season. Well, yeah, I mean, as a Broncos fan, I really hope that to be the case. And I, I truly think that it can and will be the case. Um Russell Wilson, massive improvement over Drew Locke, who, you know, was doing whatever you want to call it he was doing last season. I don't you know. know if he's got the dance moves over him, yeah. but the quarterback <laughs> skills are there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I just, you know, you're bringing in a veteran like Wilson, a Super Bowl winner. We have a young, tight group of wide receivers uh, who I think can prosper with a guy like Wilson being their quarterback. I think, uh, you know, the future's bright in Denver. I have high hopes, and I think that this year is a is a step forward year, and I think that we will be competing, albeit in what I believe is the toughest division in the NFL this year, um, the NFC West. I think we'll be competing. Not saying the Broncos are going to win it, but they're in the mix, and I very well think that you can see, uh, I can see the Broncos being a wild card playoff team. I gotta give credit to the Broncos personally. I think that yes. Russell Wilson is a massive improvement to the Broncos' offense, like you said, compared to Drew Locke, who is way below mid, in my opinion. But at the same time, my only hesitation is, will it take more time than just a season for the Broncos to be at the caliber where they can be? Because it's a huge adjustment for not only Russell Wilson, but for the whole entire offense, for the coaches that are working with him, and for the entirety of the team. Now, am I saying that Broncos aren't going to be good? Definitely not. They have a huge improvement. Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton, two very, very good receivers, like Nate mentioned. But at the same time, sure, they can, anybody can fight for a wild card spot. And like you said, it is a very tough this tough division. But I, my only hesitation is it may or may take longer than just this season for them to make that drastic jump we're all hoping to see for the Broncos. Well, I also wanted to mention, they also got Randy Gregory, too. They have Justin Simmons they're signing back. Patrick Sertain's on that defense. You know, I think that they're going to be a good unit this year. And I think that, you know, even if their offense isn't what we want it to be yet, I think that their defense is certainly going to be at least there. So I think that they will at least have nine wins this season. They should, anyway. Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely a possibility. I think Peter, you know, does bring up a, a, a solid point that I think should be considered. However, I think that Russell Wilson, with his experience, would be able to, and his leadership, be able to garner the attention of the youngsters and be able to take control of that group, even if it is year one. I think in comparison to maybe some other fringe quarterbacks like you know, I'm not going to try and call anyone out, but like a Jimmy G type of player, you know, middle of the pack, maybe that. Call him out. Be... Call him out, Jimmy. Jimmy G. Yeah, I'm starting to yeah. say it. Yeah. 
But <laughs> those kind of, I think Russell Wilson is, is too talented for this team to fall too below expectation. I think he's going to garner the attention of the team offensively right away. There's going to be struggles along the way. I don't think there's, there's going to completely void of that. But I, I think that he's going to take command of that offense. And I, I wouldn't be surprised top 10 defense. I'm going to say right now for the Broncos with that talent on, on the defensive end with the rookies and the experienced guys mixing together. Then I want to move on to a different team here, though. Uh, one that was even worse than the Broncos, the New York Giants, 4-13 and last season. Very, very bad season, but they've made a lot of improvements this offseason, getting the players like John Feliciano, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau in the draft, and of course, getting a new head coach in Brian Dable, the former Patriots and Bills offensive coordinator, uh, back when he took the Patriots to the Super Bowl and the Bills to the playoffs several times. So, I mean, with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones on that offense, maybe, who knows, maybe they can jump up to seven, eight, or nine wins this season. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but I think that they can go from No, being... Justin, you know what? Say it. Say they're a playoff team. Gotta oh, well, well I, know, I don't, I don't, I'm not there yet with them. It's, you know, first year head coach and everything, but I'm saying they're probably going to go this season from being a bad team to a mediocre oh, team yeah. at least. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a fair estimation. Um. I do like the moves they made this offseason. I think they had a terrific draft. You were able to go out and get Thibodeau. Um, and then right afterwards, you know, they got Evan Neal on the offensive line. That's, a you know, two great picks within the top ten. So do I think that they'll be improved this year? Yes, I, I think that they, you know, realistically, I feel like they should double their wins. I think it, they should be at least be a six, maybe seven-win team, like you're saying, Justin. I'm not going to put them in the playoff conversation yet. But, you know, I like what they're doing, and I think they're moving in the right direction which is, you know, just good news for Giants fans because, uh, you know, it's it's tough. Sure, like, they, they did make good improvements in the offseason, but, you know, I, and I really don't like seeing players like Saquon, who have so much potential in the NFL, end up like him, but he is constantly ending up with season-ending injuries, and he's constantly ending up with, like, setbacks and pushbacks, and I'm hopeful for his sake that we can see a season where he's completely healthy all season but then again Daniel Jones not the most accurate quarterback and the receiver room isn't one that's very notable in my opinion so I think that sure you upgraded your offensive line for a hopefully potentially healthy Saquon Barkley but I just feel that I don't know they have a lot to to dust up before I would consider them to be a big improvement on this offseason. I see I see Nate there with the little little head shake. And I, I wanna ask, did Nate did Nate write this? Did he, he write the first two teams? There's two top teams were going off right off the get go here. But yeah, I, I think I think they're going to take take a jump. It's, it's going to be interesting. Daniel Jones, another year under his belt, how he takes the steps Brian Dable, of course, coming from the, the Justin. Justin knows it all all well, the, the Josh Allen's led offense there in Buffalo having all that success. Going to see how he implements those those kind of schemes to Daniel Jones, who, you know, even though you know, not as good as Josh Allen, I think, you know, we can all, all, all the football fans can come. But can he develop to that kind of similar frame in that sense uh, so that's going to be interesting to see, of course, right there with Peter on, on the Saquon thing. It, if he can stay healthy, um, 
adds that that element to this this team. But a phenomenal draft for them. The trenches. That's where that's where the game is is, is won on the trenches, and they got better in both areas. So I I think that yeah they have a chance. Six seven wins, getting better in in that you know always winnable division. Yeah yeah yeah. I I wasn't really disagreeing with Peter. I was just more yeah, along yeah, the just, lines of you know like. Yeah. I I don't want to undersell that. I really think yeah. they made improvements this, uh, this off season. I think it's their best off season in a long time. I I don't want to undersell that, and I completely agree with what Peter said. I hope Saquon has a healthy and good year. And I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. That's another big question mark. And I feel like this is really a year that you know he needs to show up and show out, or they're going to ship him out. You know, that's that's what yeah. I have to say Draft about him. Pick great quarterback draft class next year i mean could could be yeah i think this is his make or break year so we'll, we'll see but i just a good off season by the giants and i expect them to improve yeah we'll move on to my next team here which it's interesting that you mentioned that nate might have an influence because <laughs> while he did while he did not influence the previous two picks you certainly did influence this pick jacob i uh, got but, what oh yeah, oh, yeah. the, here we the go. chicago bears right here that's the team that I have said here because <laughs> I know you're a little surprised, but it's true. I did ask you about this, and you did say that you thought the Bears could make a leap this year. And the Bears. They were, the Bears. You know, the Bears. Six, six and eleven last season. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over you this reaction. Bro, I what are you Peter, smoking? We're not saying making the playoffs. We're saying yeah. getting no, better, man. No, yes. they're you need not. To calm down. They lost <laughs> Khalil Mack, which is their biggest defensive player. They lost their biggest receiver. They're, no, what are you smoking, bro? I'll show you what I'm smoking. They have Tavon Young, David Moore they got. They got Byron Pringle. I mean, these are some good players. I, I am looking at it from a Justin Justin Fields perspective. Yes. I am Justin Fields at leap from, too. You're too leap. Yes. I am, I am saying, again, not saying playoffs. I'm saying they're going to show improvements and a team that is on the rise. You, we know this NFC North division. It is primarily ruled by the Packers, and I, that will be the case. But am I, I, I will not, would not be surprised if the Bears are the second team in that division. The defense has always been sneaky good. Bears have always been sneaky good defensively. And the offense, I am, I am waiting. I think this is the year Justin Fields puts his talent on display, showcases himself in that second year. And again, we're talking like the Giants here, six, seven wins could be a possibility. I'm just for saying, like seven, eight wins, you know? And also Matt Nagy got fired. He was a terrible coach. So, you know, yes. maybe Coaching a change. new scheme could yeah. help out Justin Fields get to that seven, eight win mark. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, not by yes. a long shot, but I think that they could creep into mediocrity here. Yes, yes. <sighs> Peter, Peter, are you going to comment? You commented on their lost players. Why do you think they're going? I mean, yes, Khalil Mack's a big loss, but he's one player. Justin Fields, I'm not going to take much away from him because, you know, it was his first season last year, but for every good quarterback, you need at least one decent receiver to throw to, to, to raise your capital, to, to do something with. Who is that for Chicago? They have good running nobody, backs. David nobody, nobody. That's a running back, run. Jake. You can't carry an offense David, on the back David, of a running back. Byron Pringle, they're, they're two new receivers. It's not 
I don't know. There's so Byron many. Pringle is pretty good in KC. There's so many huge question marks. Well, Kansas City is a different story. There's no winning with him, Justin. No winning. Really no, it's just I just I feel like this whole the Bears are gonna make a jump is a huge, huge long shot, and I think there are more teams that have made better jumps than the Bears this off season. Now, you know, Peter, I'm gonna step in. I, I'm gonna support. I I back your comments here, man. You know, when you look at it, Justin, I'm sorry, Pringle, really, Not man. He was in KC Mid. with Patrick Mahomes, all right? Hey, man. And that's he Patrick Mahomes, Justin. It's not freaking so, Justin Fields. There's a difference. There's levels to it, man, you know. Now he's coming down. He's going up Justin to Chicago. Short just because he only had one season. I'm not trying to sell him short. I think he can turn out to be a fantastic quarterback, you know, not in the NFL. Year. But do I, do I think that this is his no. year? I know I'm not completely sold on that. I think they might make a slight improvement. You know, I don't know the that'll be that big of an improvement. I think it's similar to the Giants, but I don't, I'm not as hyped up on them, I guess I should say, as uh, maybe you're making it out to be, Justin, you know. Uh, I think eight wins is maybe a stretch. That's a beyond a stretch right there. But I never said eight wins. I said I, seven I, wins. I said Justin. I, I know you seven, didn't say it. I'm Justin seven to eight. It, I'm seven to eight. That's what I got. Seven to eight. We'll see. They had six last season. It's an improvement is seven or eight, you know. that's. They're not going to improve that much. And like Peter said, they lost their best receiver. They lost, you know, And Alan an entire Robinson, so. offense can't run on a running back. We all know that. It, there are questions. Am I saying, I, that's am all I back saying that? I'm saying we're, we're Justin saying Fields is going to get guy. better. Okay, so yeah, one player on this team is going to get better. That's about it. And you picked up a receiver the from the Chiefs team. This is gonna be who better. played with Patrick Mahomes, who is arguably one of the best arms in the NFL. So you go from the best arm in the NFL to a second-year somebody who we don't know about, much about. And you have a second-year quarterback you don't know much about, and a good running back. That's what you're saying is going to improve this team to eight wins, bro. You're out of your mind. Seven wins. I said. Not you, Jake. Win. Justin, bro. And now it's all about me because I said that they all, might get eight wins. You, that they might get lucky and get one more. Not win. a chance. For the content. Agree to disagree, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to my final team on my improvements list here. We got the Los Angeles Chargers. That's who I think it's going to be. This is one we can all agree on, I believe. They I were don't know about Peter, though. Season. He might nitpick. Oh, well, yeah, he might nitpick <laughs> here. Might come at you and nitpick. Yeah, he might, he might come at me here, but we'll, we'll see. You know, I, They were 9-8 and eight last season. Kind of disappointing for their roster, but they've improved it since then. J.C. Jackson, Dustin Hopkins, Gerald Everett they've got. They retain Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. He's going to have a fantastic year this year. I see for them... 12 to 14 wins and possibly winning this division. I believe they are the front runners so far. You finally picked a team who had a good improving offseason. Congratulations. I agree with you. Oh, finally. It's not like I didn't pick the Broncos before. Well, that, that was good too. Wow. But no, really, I think that I can agree with you on this one, Justin. I really think that the Chargers did improve this offseason with their pickups. And also, like you mentioned, Justin Herbert, man, he's he's got that energy that's pent up and He's ready to release like his full potential, I think. And we saw it somewhat last year near the end of the season where they really showed up and they played their they played till literally the final seconds where a field goal changed the whole pace of the game. But I think that, like you said, having Keenan Allen stay on that team and Justin Herbert waiting to have his breakout year, I think that this could be the year for the Chargers to do it. I love what the Chargers did this offseason. You know, a division rival of the Broncos, but Justin Herbert... My guy, he was fantastic last year. I think he's only going to get better. I love, you know, their their first pick in the draft, Rashawn Slater. 
improving that offensive line, you know, protecting their franchise quarterback. And like you said, they retain their weapons. They have Austin Eckler. They still have, you know, uh, Keenan Allen. And, you know, I see them improving. I see them, as of right now, personally, I see them taking the division. Uh, I just think that, you know, they're at that level, and I think they're going to take that step, and they're going to win the NFC West this year. I would like to say phenomenal list, Justin. I mean, I would like to see Peter's list of four next episode. Tune in next episode of Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Peter, Peter will pick his own list here. I, I know one of the teams that would be on that list. Yeah, I think we have a pretty good idea. I think the, the listeners at home do as well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but going back to the Chargers, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. This is a team that you could even make the K. Of course, it's bold, bold right now, but could creep their way to be a top three team in the AFC when it's all said and done based on the additions. Remains to be seen that can be a bold, bold take early on here, but they definitely made the they, the draft deci- decisions with Slater, Nate mentioned, blindside blocker for Herbert, you know, going to need the uh, pass protection up front, all of the great pass rushers now in that division, in that, in the AFC as a whole, that's going to be huge. And then the improvements they made on the defensive end. JC Jackson, they got they got guys guys there, middle linebacker. They they have guys at all three levels who are pro bowlers surrounding Joey Bosa, who is is uh, was phenomenal over there. So th- this team is is going to be, you know, they 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 I think guaranteed playoff spot. And I think I agree with Nate. They're winning the division, in my eyes, as of now. Well, Justin, we'll see how these teams do, of course. Peter might think some will finish better than others, of course. But we'll keep an eye on how each of them do and how each of them improve, or maybe not, this upcoming season. There was a new champion in the NHL, a new Stanley Cup champion raising the historic trophy, the Colorado Avalanche, dethroning the Tampa Bay Lightning, taking it home, will start there, Nate, a new champion in the NHL, your thoughts as the Avs bring it home. Yeah, a uh, new champ indeed, Jake, I mean, personally for me, I, I love it, we avoided the three-peat of the lightning oh um, you don't you don't like the three peat you didn't want well to you know <laughs> yeah, back to back's good enough for me personally you know after that it's like the repetitiveness is just nah you know i'm good but you know the avalanche well deserved i i truly believe that over the course of the season they were the best team in the nhl i think from top to bottom you looked at them they were just ready you know they were matured they were just waiting you know and after some disappointing playoff exits in the past few seasons this year they came out they were on a mission they had a tough series against the blues then they went on and they swept edmonton you know edmonton who had they had the best offense in the playoffs up until that point and they came against colorado and it just goes to show you know colorado clamped them they shut them down got to the final and you really just saw i think kale mccarr especially nathan mckinnon gabriel landeskog phenomenal yeah. Uh, yeah, they all showed up, showed out, performed, and uh, wholeheartedly won that cup. However, at now the season's over, things move on, things change. And for Colorado, you know, they've already lost a big piece of that team. Um, Their starting goaltender, Darcy Kemper, he left. He signed with the Caps this offseason, wow. which is a pretty big move, a pretty good move by the Caps, if you ask me. He signed a five-year, $26.25 million contract with them. That's good for him. That's a great move for 
himself for the Avalanche, you know, that, that's going to hurt a bit. Um, however, they did trade the Rangers' backup goaltender, uh, Gorgiev. So they're trying to fill that hole already. We'll see how it affects the team next year. But free agency's coming, coming and it's already affecting, you know, these, these teams who made it to the Cup. And it's affecting teams all across the league. I also like to touch on, you know, our guy, yeah. Jake, Claude Giroux. He got traded, obviously, heartbreakingly for me and I think all Philly fans. He got traded to the Florida Panthers at the back half of the season. And, you know, they were a team in the East who we thought could make a push for that cup. Yeah, and then the Lightning just, just the gave lightning. it to them. Yeah. Lightning struck, as they say, and they swept them for the second year in a row. They swept the Panthers. Claude Drew, you know, he had a good playoff series. He played well against Washington in round one, which they, they obviously took him out in six games. And now, come free agency, our man Claude has signed a three-year 19 19- $0.5 million contract with the Ottawa Senators going back home up north to Canada. You know, it's an interesting move. I don't know that it's a necessarily a move to win a cup, which is what I felt him going to Florida was. But at his age, you know, he's like 34, 35. I could see why he might want to wind down his career, go home to Canada. And, you know, Ottawa's a young team. They've got some good draft picks. They also... And with Debrink, right? Debrink. Yeah. Exactly. They traded for Debrink. I'm not saying it's him. I don't think he's going for the money. I think he has faith in the team, and I think that they might be able to do something, you know? Uh, I don't know if they'll win a cup, but maybe make some noise for the first time in a while um, up there in the Atlantic Division. Yeah, and at the very least, providing that veteran leadership. For you, you said a young team, providing that guy who has experience in the playoffs, has been to the mountaintop before. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good move for the Senators, and, you know, good move for Claude going going home, you know, cup, cup or not. I think he's, he's you know, he's content and, and happy with this decision. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, we'll move on probably to, I don't think it's even debatable, the biggest move thus far this offseason season. Johnny Gaudreau, he decided to leave the Calgary Flames and signed a seven-year, $68.25 million contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets. A bit of a surprise, again. Where do I begin? Where do I begin? This is gut-wrenching. I mean, this New Jersey kid, Flyers fan, growing up, I mean, of course, we could go down the Flyers rabbit hole with with what they have done so far this offseason, but... I mean, this this was a match made in heaven, and they found a way to let him go to not only to not only another team, no less, but to a division rival. It seemed like it was the Flyers, the Devils, and I guess the Blue Jackets in there. But let him go to a division rival, a guy that is was meant to play for the Flyers, meant to play for him. Yeah, I I feel exactly the same way, Jake. Honestly, it hurts because we had reports coming out. The Flyers, you know, kind of in the lead for the guy, Johnny Goudreau sweepstakes. And then it's just gut-wrenching to see, of all teams, Columbus signs him for $68 million. I mean, I don't know what the Flyers are doing, honestly. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Not sure what their plan was coming into the offseason. We can get into a whole rant about that. They haven't done much. They haven't done squat, basically. We'll put it that way. And we'll leave it at that. They really haven't done much. And uh, Whilst teams in their division have only gotten better, in my opinion, you know. We already talked. Capitals got a... Stanley Cup winning goaltender. The Devils signed Andre Palat from the Lightning, a two-time Stanley Cup champion, you know, to add depth to their roster. Johnny Goudreau, obviously Columbus signed him. 
So you just look at it, and I don't see, you know, I see other teams improving, and I see the Flyers remaining stagnant this offseason, and just, it hurts, man, it hurts. Yeah, I think on Twitter they gave the Flyers an F grade so far in the offseason, and I do not disagree with it. I agree with it 100%. They, like I said, <laughs> they've done nothing. So that's the story of, I mean, you know, a few other moves notable. Golden Knights, they traded Max Pacioretty, moving on from him, clearing some cap space. You have, as I said, we have uh, Dylan Strome moving on to the Washington Capitals. Again, just another team in our division, making improvements, adding depth to their rosters. Yeah, it's it's not looking good necessarily in the Flyers camp, as you know, us Flyers fans, you know. We'll, we'll suffer, though. We'll suffer through it. Yeah, but I think another guy, quick to uh, mention, Brett Burns on, on the move as, as well. I, I think that was another one that really caught my Canadians, right? If I remember correctly, moving from the Sharks to the, the Canadians? Or correct me if I'm wrong, Nate. I, I think I remember that's where he went. It was the Hurricanes. So, you know what? That just goes to show another team in our division getting better. <laughs> but it was a great yeah. trade. Yeah, on the Hurricanes. Yeah, it was not not the yeah. Do not twist it in any which way. The Hurricanes, another team that had a a good year, a great year last year, improving that blue line, getting a veteran defenseman like Brett Burns. Uh, that's a great move all for star. them. All star, yeah, all star defense, yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, exactly. So it's a great move for them. Brett Burns is able to you know move on from San Jose. You know they had their magical cup run a few years back. But, you know, he's, it's time for him. He's getting older in age to move on, and he's moving to a team that's going to contend this year. I believe, you know, they have a good chance of, I think they can win the Metro, and I think they might even be able to uh, make a run at the Cup this year. So, I mean, we'll see. Also mention really quick, you know, I know Joey's not here, but I'm sure he's celebrating as the Penguins were able to re-sign both Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang this offseason. Great work by new GM Ron Hextall a.k.a. former Flyers GM Ron Hextall. But that's just good good business by them to hold on to two guys who have been there, you know, their whole career, form that infamous trio with Sidney Crosby. And it seems as though they will be there for the rest of their careers now as well. Yeah, really, really can't see those guys in, in any other uniforms. Got to keep hating them. Got to keep hating yeah, them. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. <laughs> as, as Flyers fans. But great, great contracts for both of them and, and great job by the... Penguins. That will do it for this episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and thank you to Anchor for sponsoring this episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Thank you, Anchor, for being a continued sponsor for future episodes of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Keep it even locked in on YouTube. That's where the episodes mainly are, but also now on Spotify, too. Go over and check us out on Spotify as well. Once again, for me and the rest of the crew, thank you for listening, and talk to you next episode.